Hi, this is Mandy Griffin. And I'm Katie Swalwell. And welcome to Our Dirty Laundry. Stories of white ladies making a mess of things. And how we need to clean up our act. Hi, everybody. It's Our Dirty Laundry. I'm Mandy. And I'm fucking angry. (laughs) Hi. Hi. It's been a while, we know, and Mm -hmm. we don't have like a full, full thing to discuss, but obviously we needed to jump on and rage and discuss for a little bit and touch bases just to say we're fucking pissed as we are sure all of you are. And scared, honestly. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and I'm someone who has resources that if I were in a position I didn't want to be in, I still c- could probably subvert whatever's going to happen in my state in the next week, you know? Right, right. But I think that even in itself touches on the problem of scared, like not for yourself. Don't just be angry or scared yeah, right, because of right. what you might lose access to. I'm not scared for myself at all. Like, even if it never affects me. Or my own child, which does terrify me. Even if it only affects women that I don't know and will never meet, it's still fucking awful, of course. So it's awful. And I think about my friends who've had miscarriages and the Mm -hmm. the implications Mm -hmm. of this for women going through a miscarriage to have to prove in some way and get like a court order. You know, it's just so even down to people who have done IVF and have embryos. Uh myself. I mean, my family would not exist without us being able to make family planning choices ourselves. I mean, there's just no two ways about it. So I think I I want, like what we can offer right now is we have a backlog of episodes where we've learned about reproductive rights and justice and its connections to eugenics. And I cannot urge our listeners enough to go back and listen to some of those episodes because for me, the two drum beats in my head right now that I have to just keep telling myself, it's like the you know, white girl talk to myself about, okay, you're mad about an issue. What are some things you always have to remember? The first is to keep it intersectional. It cannot just be about me. It cannot just be about the issue that I think is most important or how this is going to affect me and my demographic. That reproductive rights have never just been about abortion. They cannot just be about abortion. And when white women show up and get pissed and expect other people to show up for them and then are shocked when they don't or mad when they don't, it's because we have a terrible track record of showing up for other people. So mm-hmm. keep it intersectional. That has to be at the forefront when I'm thinking about like, you know, what orgs to volunteer with, or if I, you know, if we, if you're in a position where you can send money or whatever it is, um, Mm -hmm. that's one thing. And then the second thing is actually connected is that the, the way the decision was made opens up a nightmare scenario for so many other communities and rights that have been expanded and extended in recent Mm -hmm. decades. So just again, thinking of my, the, the, my position in the world maybe still being relatively safe or protected, but there, when I think about protections for same sex marriage or like any of these other protections that relied on the same logics that were in mm-hmm. Roe v. Wade are now totally vulnerable. And so just to not pretend that it's just about this one tiny thing, it's actually about something much, much, much bigger, which is why 
being parts of movements that are led by the people who are most vulnerable and most impacted is yes. so important. I'm actually thinking the episode we should rerun or at least point people to is um, our interview with Karen Page and Susan Raffo because their work in thinking about revealing the the logic of eugenics and just how much that touches and how mm-hmm. much that connects all of these issues, whether it's disability rights or um, queer rights or reproductive, right? Like so much of it is just goes down to that root logic of eugenics. So um, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking about right now. What are you mm-hmm. thinking about? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm thinking about all of the obviously social media stuff that's coming out now and the, some of the tweets and the, posts that have really hit me differently than what I knew would differently than what I expected everyone to say. Um, I think the thing that I most had to sit with is, are the posts where people say like black and brown women have been shouting this from the rooftops for a long time and no one was paying attention. Everybody was treating them like they were being hysterical everyone was dismissing that things could get this bad. Like this is because we don't listen to the people that we need to, because we do only show up for our stuff. And had we listened and had we put our resources behind these people more then there might be a different outcome. And now there's not. And if we don't start doing that, then we're going to keep getting the same outcome. Um, And so I think as much as obviously we do need to show up and we need to make our voices heard, we need to make sure that we are using our voices to amplify women of color um, and making sure that they have the resources that they need because default, like poor women of color are the ones who will be most affected by all of these decisions because they always have been. And so they know um, most what's at stake beyond us even. And I do yeah. find it interesting. I'm sure everybody, and we've talked about this, like putting up links where if people want um, some information about where to go. And I'm sure, as we talked about, most of our listeners are very tuned into that, but we can. But I do remember seeing one, um, like the ability to donate to funds um, that support women getting abortions in states where they probably can't anymore. Um, this whole like, abortion access community that occurs. And when you, somebody made the point that most of these organizations are run by women of color, there are not the majority of white women out there making sure that women still can get the access that they need. Um, No. So, well, just wherever you live, wherever you're listening, look into local mutual aid societies, look into local abortion access networks, and then keep that in mind, route those resources, whether it's your time or your, you know, amplification on social media, your money or whatever it is towards organizations led by the people who are going to be the most impacted by these decisions who are not cis, straight, white women, period. So There you go. Okay. Well, food for thought. And just my heart goes out to anyone in positions where they're going to be like super immediately affected by these decisions in really painful, horrible ways. But all of us, you know, it's, it's awful. I'm sick to my stomach. I'm angry. I'm mad, but I, I've been reading, um, Audre Lorde recently. Mm. And I read this quote, um, that despair is the tool 
of the enemy. The despair is the tool of the oppressor, right? Hoping Mm -hmm. that that people feel despair and give up. And so, um, especially for us, I think I've said this to you before, like we can't, we white ladies cannot fall into our fainting couches and Mm -hmm. despair. No fainting couches, no giant glasses of rosé, like no, get Mm -hmm. fucking busy, show up, be there, be there when it doesn't impact us directly. We got to do this. So yeah. Yeah. And I just anybody who does need any resources or needs any help or has a personal situation and you're not sure where to go, um, we are also always available. Please email us, message us, um, and we will do what we can to help out as well. So, okay. Thanks, everyone. Yeah. Bye. Bye.